everyone. Welcome to RICS Monitor, the quarterly podcast series that tracks sentiment toward real estate across the globe. I'm Laura Kalugar, Senior Editor with the CPE. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors in London just released its fourth quarter Global Commercial Property Monitor, which indicated more weakness in some commercial real estate markets. However, there were some markets where a more solid trend was visible. As usual, senior economist Teron Parsons is here to reveal all about the results of the organization's latest survey. Welcome back, Teront. Hi, hi, Laura. So we now have a full picture of the economy in 2022. How did the feedback you received in the last quarter of the year change compared to the previous one? What is the overall tone across your latest survey? Generally speaking, I would say the, the feedback turned a little bit a little more downbeat, uh, came in a, li- a little weaker between the Q3 and the Q4 surveys. Uh, at, at the global level, our indicators tracking uh, investment demand slipped deeper into negative territory. And uh, I think this trend is being driven in part by uh, the more challenging macroeconomic climate, high inflation, weak growth, etc. Uh, but more specifically, so credit conditions, um, they have deteriorated significantly of late, of course, on the back of tighter monetary policy from many central banks around the world. But but higher borrowing costs are, are really weighing on um, buyer investor activity. And of course, higher bond yields are impacting the, the relative value of commercial real estate. And as a result, we have seen quite a significant pullback in capital value projections across many markets uh, this quarter. So if you look at the the UK uh, as an example, capital values are are falling um, now and across other parts of Europe as well. And I think that is quite a noteworthy development coming through over recent months. Um, But the the overall message is that we're seeing, I think now a period of adjustment or, or a bit of a shakeout in aggregate across the market. But we still have a standout performer, as it happened in the previous survey, and that is the Middle East and Africa. What are this region's strengths? Yes, that's quite right. The the Middle East and Africa does continue to kind of lead the way in terms of uh, returning the most positive or, I would say, upbeat uh, sentiment across uh, many of our survey indicators. A lot of it is simply down to the underlying economic picture at the moment. Um, GDP growth in nations such as Saudi Arabia uh, and the UAE uh, has solid momentum, uh, much different to the picture, say, in North America, Europe, parts of Asia Pacific, all of those world regions in aggregate have lost momentum in recent quarters, but that's not the case in the Middle East and Africa. I think one thing that stands out um, in the Q4 results is that we've seen really strong growth in international investment demand um, that, that's being reported within the region. I think given its period of outperformance uh, relative to other parts of the world, the Middle East and Africa uh, now appears to be kind of increasingly catching the eye of um, these international uh, buyers. Um, and so we have seen activity from that kind of cohort uh, rising. Uh, and, um, and then on the back of it, the outlook for capital values is also kind of firmly positive across most sectors over the next 12 months. And many of the, the broader trends seem to be running um, kind of counter we're running against the, the weaker narrative that we see um, elsewhere across the world. One interesting fact about the results of the latest survey is the generally less negative tone to the occupier as opposed to the investor-related indicators. Please tell us more about this trend and how we should perceive it. Yeah, that's right. The, the investment market, I feel, is, is bearing the, the brunt of the impact of higher interest rates now, or at least it's the it's being more immediately uh, affected 
by a tighter monetary policy. It may just be a matter of time before all of this uh, you know, eventually feeds into, into the occupier market, but certainly the effects of higher interest rates uh, can already be seen uh, on the investment side. As I mentioned earlier, uh, higher borrowing costs are, uh, are hitting investor activity at the global mm-hmm. level and, and causing a downward adjustment in market pricing across several nations that we cover. Um, having said that, uh, while the outlook for, for values is negative in many markets for the year ahead, the picture is different on the rental side. So, of course, momentum is still being lost and occupier demand is down on, on trends that, that were being seen earlier in 2022. But rents are not expected to fall in the same way the capital values are. OK, you know, secondary markets, particularly retail and offices, um, you know, rents are expected to, to fall in, in those areas. But, but for prime markets, by and large, uh, our respondents are anticipating a much more resilient trend in rents and in some areas rents could continue to edge higher so the downturn is much more evident on the investment side at this stage uh, really as the market adjusts it to higher rates. Mm-hmm. And when looking at asset classes separately there still is a huge divergence between office and industrial for example what can you tell us about demand metrics across each asset type? Yeah, so we, we still have that kind of general theme uh, that's been been in place for, for for a while in terms of industrial outperforming quite comfortably the other two uh, kind of traditional mainstream sectors in office and retail. What I would say now, though, is that on the investment side, even the industrial sector is seeing a decline in demand and expected to experience a fall in capital values going forward if you know if they're not kind of already retreating as they are in, in some markets so i think it looks as if you know following uh, the extraordinary rise in capital values for for industrial assets over the past couple of years i think pricing has just become maybe too exuberant or had become too exuberant and, and now with higher interest rates introduced into the mix industrials are seeing uh, you know, a turnaround from strong growth beforehand um, that's kind of given way to, I would say, a noteworthy pullback uh, full in valuations. But having said that, if, if you look at the underlying fundamentals for the sector, occupier demand is still strong and not quite as buoyant as it is in the kind of recent past, but it's still supported by uh, structural tailwinds in the form of online shopping growth. So I think once this impacts from higher higher interest rates kind of washes through, I would still expect industrial or logistics to be you know, a strong area for growth over the medium term, certainly in terms of the, the occupier kind of fundamentals. I wouldn't be so confident in saying that across the retail sector, of course, you know, the demise of, of retail is a, a, a long running trend. And also for the office sector, um, given that the rise in remote work and I think longer term fundamentals are more uncertain. So Capital values are retreating for the industrial sector right now, but that's a, 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 impacted by interest rates. And I still see the underlying fundamentals on the occupier side as much stronger than for um, retail and offices. Mm-hmm. Considering the current uncertainty and economic volatility, construction starts are also deteriorating as expected. But besides more restrictive credit conditions, what other type of obstacles do developers need to overcome if they want to begin work on new on a new financially feasible project? Yeah, I think uh, commercial real estate developers have uh, several headwinds or, or challenges to contend with in the current climate, which, which expa- explains the drop in activity. I think that the current environment is kind of hitting developers from, from two angles now, really. Um, on the one hand, you have 
valuations falling quite sharply and that's not the case everywhere but, but many markets are seeing weaker pricing trends come through so profitability is going to be knocked from that side of the equation but also uh, material prices for, for construction inputs uh, continues to rise sharply even, you know, even if the pace of inflation has most likely peaked prices for materials remain high and they're still moving in that upwards uh, uh, direction. So, so all of this is going to put significant pressure on uh, profit margins. And um, I think with the economic outlook not not so rosy in terms of you know, expected changes in, in employment trends through to the end of this year, which you know, could negatively impact kind of take up of new space, I think there are you know, several reasons to be cautious when it comes to uh, commercial real estate development right now. And, you know, that's without even mentioning you know, credit availability or you know, credit conditions as well. Mm-hmm. What does the feedback indicate about the proportion of respondents who, who view the real estate market to be in a downturn? And what does that mean for capital values and rents? Yeah, so it's, it's still close to two thirds of, of respondents across the globe that perceive uh, their, their kind of local commercial real estate market to be uh, in a downturn phase of the cycle. I think that the view that kind of view is even more prominent in Europe. So it's closer to 80% of respondents reporting conditions to, you know, to be consistent with a downturn. Um, so, so with that type of backdrop, obviously the, the outlook of capital values is, is very much negative as I discussed at the headline level uh, and indeed across kind of most sectors on average. Uh, projections for rents are a little more mixed. You know, secondary subsectors may see rents fall, uh, but prime space should prove more resilient over the next 12 months, in particular prime industrial uh, space or on the rental side. So, so when you're seeing those perceptions on the downturn, um, it, it's very much focused on what's happening to investor activity, I feel, at this stage. After a short break, Tarant and I will discuss the results of the survey for each world region. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jessica Fior, Editor-in-Chief of Commercial Property Executive, and I'm here to spread the news about the premium content that you can receive in your inbox by subscribing to the CPE Daily Newsletter. Our experienced writers regularly put together special reports on the hottest topics in the industry, and you can get all these expert insights for free. To sign up, visit commercialsearch.com news today. Thank you. Now, let's look at the results for each world region. In APAC, there's still a mixed picture across different parts of the region. Tell us more about the highs and lows across this part of the world, please. Yeah, APAC still stands out as having the most uh, varied feedback across uh, different countries that we cover within the region. Um, Certainly on on the stronger end of the the scale, uh, Singapore and and India uh, display some very positive results. And, you know, they've they've emerged actually over the past few quarters as some of the strongest markets in terms of current momentum, actually not just within Asia-Pacific, but also on a a kind of wider global comparison. Uh, So demand from both occupiers and investors, that's still rising, that is rising across all sectors. And that's expected to translate into solid capital value and rental growth in the year ahead against the, the global narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know, on the flip side, you have the market in China still still stuck in, in the middle of a downturn, I would say with you know, vacancies uh, still rising and demand conditions uh, you know, still quite weak. Um, so I think it will of course be 
be interesting uh, to watch the results from, from China going forward. Now the approach to, to COVID is you know, it's changing, you know, less restrictions will be in place um, and, and you would imagine economic activity will be uh, boosted uh, by that um, removal of restrictions. Uh, there's not too much in the way of a positive story to extract, uh, simply looking at the, the Q4 results, but I think there is the potential for confidence to improve um, going forward. Uh, and then, of course, you know, any pickup in the Chinese economy would also carry uh, positive or benefits for, for nations such as Australia um, due to trade links with China. So I think uh, there are reasons to envisage you know, something of an improvement across Asia Pacific over the course of 2023 of this year. In Europe, the results continue to signal a deteriorating market backdrop. Is this part of the world already in a downturn? You just said that a lot of your respondents view the market as being in a downturn. What do real estate investors and occupiers here say? Europe, uh, I think, does appear to be uh, the weakest region right now in terms of our feedback. I think that's that's been the picture over uh, the last couple of quarters, and I think it's most likely to remain the case over the near term as well. So, yeah, as, as I mentioned, nearly 80% of our respondents across Europe are reporting uh, you know, a downturn in the market, areas such as uh, you know, the UK, Germany, France, essentially all of the larger commercial real estate markets um, in Europe are seeing a downward adjustment in capital values. I think the energy crisis has hit Europe you know, particularly hard. Um, the prospects for economic growth uh, are not very strong right now. You know, plenty of commentators uh, are forecasting a recession, uh, you know, mix in higher interest rates. You know, but there are several factors weighing on investor and occupier confidence uh, right now. I would just add that on the, the kind of macro uh, news front, the recent decline in wholesale uh, gas prices and you know, energy futures, uh, that does look more encouraging. So there's a, the, the potential that this could lead to inflationary pressures cooling a little sooner than, than anticipated, although you know, inflation is still you know, very likely to remain well above target throughout, throughout um, this year. But, but if it does mean that, so if that does result in a, a lower peak for interest rates, so if we see inflation cooling more, more quickly than, than anticipated, that, that could mean the fortunes um, of the commercial real estate sector begin to, uh, to turn around before, to, before too long. So certainly forecasts for recessions in Europe are being scaled back. Uh, and it might be that for some nations, they avoid falling into outright recessions altogether. Um, but, but even so, I think growth is still going to remain kind of very, uh, very tepid. But the point I'd make is that, that there are tentative signs that the, the broader economic outlook may not be quite as downcast as uh, once envisaged, although it's still, I think, quite early to say that with uh, total conviction. Significantly more upbeat feedback came from the Middle East and Africa, as we mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. Market conditions here seem to defy the rest of the world, with investment and occupier sentiment metrics remaining positive for the third consecutive quarter. Please tell us what to expect for this region in 2023. Yeah, I think um, continued growth is very much the signal coming from our uh, forward-looking uh, indicators across the Middle East and Africa. Um, it, it might be hard to maintain you know, quite such positive momentum um, that we've seen recently throughout the whole of uh, the coming year, but but even if growth you know, slows to a certain extent, I think the overall outlook is, is solid. Uh, so, as I mentioned, Saudi Arabia uh, and the UAE have been the, the two standout markets across the region for a while now, but, but more recently we see demand picking up in, in places like Nigeria and even in, in South Africa, uh, where the feedback had been uh, quite subdued throughout you know, much of the, the period 
even before and after just after the start of the pandemic but but now conditions appear um much more stable so i think all in all uh, the region, uh, the Middle East and Africa, is going through uh, an expansionary phase when it comes to commercial real estate activity, uh, and certainly at the aggregate level, that that appears likely to be uh, sustained. Uh, at least that upward um, kind of the direction of travel is likely to be sustained over the coming quarters. In North America, rising interest rates continue to be felt across the commercial property market. What should investors and occupiers know about demand metrics in this region as expectations for both the US and Canada turn more cautious? Yeah, so interest rates are already a little higher um, in the US, uh, and I think they're expected to peak at a slightly higher level than in most other G7 uh, nations um, in the near term. I think on the flip side, given the United States may be slightly more advanced in um, the, the kind of schedule of interest rate hikes, you know, there, there could be scope for rates to be cut a little sooner than, than many other advanced economies uh, as well. Probably not by the end of 2023, but maybe before um, we see rates being reduced in Europe. Um, but but I think for now, higher borrowing costs are dampening investor activity. Um, our headline indicator capturing this has moved kind of further into negative territory across the United States in Q4. Capital values, as you kind of expect, that they are seen as you know, remaining under pressure. And it's you know, the office and retail sectors in particular where um, so the clients are expected to be concentrated over the coming months. Um, in Canada, I think a similar picture is evident, although perhaps the overall tone to the Q4 data is slightly less downbeat in, in the US, but still uh, credit conditions are deteriorating uh, and the impact of this is very much visible in the investment market and the negative outlook for capital values over the near term. The, the, the outlook for interest rates is going to be very important in, in terms of the, the, the timing of when we may see a more positive trend coming through across the, both of those markets. Mm -hmm. And considering all of this, what are your expectations for the global economy in the first half of this year? Well, the, uh, I think the consensus view on the global economy um, had been suggesting that you know, it's, it's likely to come very close, if not full, kind of below the threshold defining uh, global recession. So that's kind of two quarters of uh, balling GDP uh, per capita um, throughout the first half of this year. Um, I think just recently, although the outlook you know, is not uh, without some still uh, considerable challenges. I think there have been a few developments that, that should be more favourable uh, to growth. So, so the, the main one being the fall in wholesale energy prices that I mentioned of late. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's not to say that the global economy won't fall into recession, but I think a less intense outlook for inflation should ease some of the burden on households' disposable incomes. And, and so that should kind of limit the scale of recessions, e even if they aren't kind of totally avoided. Uh, and of course, the quicker inflation rates uh, can fall back uh, to target, the less in the way of monetary policy intervention uh, may be needed uh, further monetary policy intervention uh, from here. So I think that that recent drop in energy prices is, is probably the most welcome news uh, we've received um, in a while uh, regarding the global economy and the prospects of growth, even if the overall outlook for, for many economies, certainly the higher income nations, is still subdued uh, for the year ahead. Uh, so really the point I'm making is whereas forecasts were being kind of cut in a lot of cases um, looking back over the past six months I think now we're just seeing some more positive revisions uh, to expectations uh, coming through which is it's more promising and um, you know without wanting to dismiss the still quite challenging outlook. Jaran thank you very much for sharing all these details.
My pleasure. Thank you all for listening and don't forget to follow CP's podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you.